Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos. Today, I'm so pleased to have physiatrist Dr. Melanie Howell on the show. Dr. Howell completed a residency in physical medicine and rehabilitation from NYU Langone Medical Center. Upon completion of her residency, she went on to pursue fellowship training in cancer rehabilitation medicine at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, where she focused on the treatment of pain as well as the restoration of function during and after cancer treatment. Dr. Howell is board certified by the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehab and is also completing certification with the Institute of Functional Medicine. She is both passionate and determined to manage the discomfort and dysfunction associated with pelvic pain. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dr. Howell. Thank you so much for having me, Marina. Thank you. So I really want to start um, by having a discussion about your specialty because I know many listeners may never have heard of physiatry as a specialty to begin with, and many right. people may not be aware of the fact that physiatrists work in the area of pelvic health. So can you tell us, um, you know, first maybe what is a physiatrist and then tell us about how physiatrists work in the area of pelvic health? Absolutely. So physiatrists are basically physicians who focus on the diagnosis, the treatment, and the rehabilitation of disorders that are causing pain or impairment. Um, and that can be whether it's acute uh, pain or impairment or chronic. Um, and so it's really a very broad, vast field, and you can specialize in really in so many different um, areas of physiatry. You can be a physiatrist that's specially skilled in spinal cord injuries, you can be a physiatrist that's specially skilled in traumatic brain injury, um, pelvic health like myself, um, musculoskeletal and more sports medicine. So, you know, it definitely is very varied in terms of what you may find your niche in. And for me, I found my niche in, um, in pelvic health. And what really made you decide to specialize um, in this area of pelvic health? So when I was in residency, uh, I remember uh, you know, shadowing and following a, a physiatrist who was doing pelvic health and she was the only one doing it in the entire department. And so it appealed to me from the very beginning of residency. And I would have these patients come in and they had been searching for someone to treat them for years, sometimes five, 10 years. And she was it, you know, she was the only one doing it. And it just seemed that there was such a gap in treatment and even in terms of the knowledge um, that was out there for pelvic health. So I saw an opportunity to treat patients um, who, you know, were, were definitely waiting for, for answers. And so I love that she was able to bring them that. Um, and I was hoping to also be in the position to, to help these patients who weren't able to find answers and get pain relief. That's so amazing because there really is such a gap um, in the time that, um, you know, people are dealing with pelvic pain and pelvic health conditions. Um, from the start of that and by the time they find, you know, someone like you or someone like me, a pelvic board physical therapist, because there just aren't many of us around. Right. Um, and, and really the knowledge of our specialties is still not, you know, we're not household names just yet. So, right. <laughs> so we're working on that. But, um, you know, so re there really is a gap in time and a gap in awareness. Um, so it is difficult for people to find us. Um, but I know, you know, we're working hard to change that. Um, so just to, you know, clarify for some of our listeners, what kind of diagnoses um, will you see with your patients or what may be some of the reasons why patients come to work with you? So, you know, the pelvic, um, the pelvic region is 
a region that is somewhat complex. You know, you've got your gastrointestinal system. So you've got your, your stomach and your bowels and you've got the urinary system. So you've got the bladder, the, the ureters, you know, and then you've got, um, you know, the, just the, the muscles of the, of the pelvic floor. Um, and, you know, you've got the gynecological system, um, you know, and the urological system too. So there's so much there. Um, so that actually reflects um, what I see in clinic. So because of the fact that the GI is right there in that pelvic region, I see patients coming in with painful bowel movements. Um, I see patients coming in with constipation, um, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and then as far as the muscles are concerned, I see patients that come in with hypertonic pelvic floor, um, dyspareunia, which is painful intercourse, vaginismus, uh, fibroid pain, PGAD, um, postpartum pain, levator ani syndrome. So it really, you know, runs the gamut of what I see in the clinic, but those are some of the most, probably the most um, frequent that I see. I also see a lot of patients with endometriosis as well. Yes. And just by, you know, what you're describing now, it's so important for people to remember that everything is connected. Um, right. You know, we tend to compartmentalize our bodies, um, you know, into different areas of specialty. But just like you said, in the pelvis, you know, there's the genitourinary system, there's the GI system, we have our musculoskeletal system there, the pelvic floor that impacts everything as well. So it really is important to have somebody who can take all of those different systems um, into account when, you know, doing an evaluation with you and trying to help you with your concerns. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so what do you think in general, you know, when people come to see you with chronic pelvic pain, you know, what do you feel are the biggest barriers to healing? Because most of these people have been in pain for years, um, mm -hmm. you know, for at least months to years, and it's just become, you know, part of their life. Um, right. So what do you feel are the biggest barriers to, to healing that pain? Well, you bring up a good point, Marina. The fact that they've been in this pain for months to years, I think, is can be a barrier. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when patients come to me, um, of no fault of their own, they've been searching for practitioners who can help them with their very specific type of pain. Um, and so by the time they come to me, the pain sometimes has become chronic, um, which I look at any pain that's been there for more than six months. Um, however, that doesn't mean that there's no hope. There's plenty of hope after that still. But I always, you know, I, I speak to my patients um, very candidly and I let them know that the longer that the pain has been there, uh, sometimes the more work, the more elbow grease it takes to get them out of that pain. We still very much can do it. Um, but so just the time, um, you know, of getting to someone like you um, or, or me, I think is, is a very, um, you know, it's a barrier um, with, with chronic pelvic pain for sure. And then just also um, just having the, um, the, the full awareness that their pain is very much real. I can't tell you how many patients will come and say, you know, they're almost looking for us um, sometimes to validate that their pain is, is truly there, which is unfortunate because um, patients know their body more than anyone else. I truly believe that. But, you know, after sometimes going through the system um, and maybe being told, oh, well, that, you know, that imaging was, was negative. So maybe you don't have that diagnosis or maybe those symptoms or maybe in your head. And I've heard lots of these stories. So just kind of knowing um, and getting that validation that this is my story, this is what I'm feeling and just really being able to advocate for yourself. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it takes time to be able to grow into that for our patients. And I completely understand that. So 
um, that, that can be a barrier, just not having that true understanding that their pain is, is, is definitely there and real and, and, and that other people out there are experiencing sometimes similar symptoms. Right. And I feel that so many times our patients just haven't been heard. Right. Um, you were saying, you know, sometimes maybe along the way, somebody said, oh, it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing coming up on tests. So you're fine. And then the patient's right. still in pain. Well, they're saying, no, I'm not fine. I'm in pain. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really, um, it, it could be really frustrating for the yeah. patient to hear things like that. And the biggest, you know, so many moms have told me who have chronic pain after giving childbirth and stuff, you know, they're like, oh, you know, have a glass of wine and you'll be able to have intercourse or something like right. that. I mean, some kind of ridiculous comment that they've heard from other practitioners, um, you know, and it's really, it's just so frustrating for them. It can really affect their mental health as well. It can be really, you know, depressing and anxiety provoking. Um, so after, you know, after a certain amount of time that you've heard that, you know, you may start to believe that, which, which is unfortunate. Right. So, um, you know, if, if I were in that patient's position and I've gone to, I don't know how many practitioners and they told me that I was fine, mm -hmm. um, that I had nothing to worry about, maybe after that fourth or fifth practitioner, maybe I'd start to doubt myself and believe it too. You know, so I believe that it's our job as pelvic pain professionals to give our patients, um, you know, help to give them that voice or, or strengthen that voice and, and give them the, you know, the validation that they are experiencing something that's very real and is treatable too. Right. And I think it's so important, you know, with the way I know you practice and with my practice that the patients just have time to, you know, tell us their story and they don't feel rushed. Um, you know, it's, it's such a huge part of their treatment just to be able to be heard um, right. in the first place, um, you know, and to really have, um, you know, their history told by them, you know, properly and not just relying on, you know, the imaging and the other objective tests that they've had done in the past. Um, so what... Um, what kind of treatments do you find helpful for some people? Or tell me some examples of treatment interventions, maybe in general, that you do for the population that you see with pelvic pain. Well, you know, every patient that walks through my office, I really have not found or had a patient that did not uh, benefit or need pelvic floor physical therapy. So that, first and foremost, is, is always part of our treatment plan. Um, we know that it works beautifully and it works, uh, you know, there's such a nice marriage between what we do and what you do. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, and so, um, so all our patients get pelvic floor PT to begin with. Um, and then sometimes we will prescribe oral medications. Um, so a lot of our pelvic pain patients um, are experiencing uh, something called, you know, central sensitization. So, you know, think of your nerve, the nerves in your body, um, for whatever reason, whether it be some kind of trauma, physical insult, um, you know, chronic condition, um, those nerves begin to uh, become upregulated. So they're firing and they're, they're firing in ways that are disorganized and chaotic. And that firing is, is constantly going in chronic pain. So we're trying to downtrain those nerves, calm them down, and get them to fire in a more organized fashion. So I will prescribe oral medications that can help me do that. Those are known as oral uh, neuromodulators. So sometimes we'll give those medications to patients to help with um, some of the, uh, the nerve inflammation and the sensitization. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes we're, we're dealing with very tight hypertonic pelvic floor muscles. So I will occasionally use suppositories so the patients can insert this either vaginally or rectally. Um, and that can help uh, in a very direct way um, the, the spasm or the tightness of the pelvic floor. 
And I like using it. I like using those medications in that way um, because we can kind of bypass them taking it orally. Um, Cause you know, when you take some of those um, muscle relaxants orally it can cause a lot of drowsiness and fatigue. So, you know, by giving it to them rectally or vaginally, um, you know, it can get right to the source and relax those muscles. So that's another thing that we do. Uh, occasionally patients will need um, or, you know, benefit from injection. So I also do procedures um, known as ultrasound guided trigger point injections and in peripheral blocks. Um, so, you know, the pelvic floor is made up of muscles, nerves, joints, and bones. Um, and so these injections give me the opportunity to treat the nerves of the pelvic floor in a very direct way um, by injecting anti-inflammatory medication um, to bring down the nerve inflammation, um, to desensitize the nerves that are, you know, firing in a disorganized, chaotic way. Um, and then I can also do a trigger point injection with my uh, procedure to relax those taut you know, hyper, you know, hypertonic bands of muscle to relax the muscle too. Um, and so by doing all these things, so I'm bringing down nerve inflammation, I'm relaxing muscle, um, you know, I'm actually increasing blood flow to the area, creating space within the pelvic floor. Um, and this all leads to decreased pain and improved function. Yeah, and what you mentioned, um, you know, just the variety of interventions that you have is so important for people to know because a lot of times when, you know, somebody hears, um, you know, maybe the recommendation of going to see somebody for pelvic floor specialty, you know, a doctor or a physiatrist, they say, you know, well, what are they going to do? You know, everybody's right. very concerned. Um, and I say, well, you know, you have to have a consultation. I say, you know, they have multiple you know, treatment interventions, um, you know, as soon as somebody hears the word injection, they tend to get very fearful. Absolutely. <laughs> and not really have any interest in going. So it's good that people know that there are other techniques maybe that may work for them and interventions like oral medication, suppositories. Um, and of course, you mentioned in conjunction with public floor physical therapy, it's really, um, they complement each other so well. Um, they do. It's when people really hit that, um, maybe plateau and they feel that, you know, their symptoms are resolving, they're not fully resolved, and then adding on that extra layer of, you know, teamwork between, you know, physiatry and pelvic floor PT, I, I find is just so helpful. Yeah, um, absolutely, so, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So how often in general do you see patients who come in um, with pelvic pain to see you? Do you see them every month or every few months? What's the usual timing like? Um, I usually do every maybe four to six weeks um, is usually the general cadence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we like to make it so that, you know, when I'm referring them to a pelvic floor physical therapist, that we're giving the therapies, the manual techniques, the biofeedback, the myofascial, you know, uh, release time to actually do its work. Um, and so I think it's important that we space it out appropriately. So I would say probably every six weeks, about six to eight weeks usually. That's a, that's a great point about giving the therapies a chance to work because it, it's not like you're going to come in for one session and then everything's better. You right. know, we want there to be improvement after one session and gradual um, improvement of symptoms over time. But, um, you know, we want the patients, we want everybody to know that, um, you know, there's going to be a time frame that's needed to change what's been going on in your body for years. So if you've been in pain for several months or even years, um, you know, there is going to be some work to be done and it's going to take, um, you know, work with a therapist and work on your own to really change that. That's exactly true. I mean, your body, you know, almost has learned 
to, to live in this state in, in a way. So those muscles and those those nerves and, and those, you know, the, the joints kind of learn and it's almost been programmed to, to be in this dysfunctional state. And so, yeah, it, it takes time to undo it, um, but it can be undone, that's for sure. Yes, what I usually tell people is, you know, after you've had, let's say, um, you know, you went through a brief incident where you had some pain, uh, maybe you had a really painful bowel movement. Um, from that point on, you're always going to be a little leery, you know, is my next bowel movement going to be painful? Your brain is going to be sort of, you know, on high alert, mm -hmm. um, wondering if that's going to happen again. So what we have to do then is train the body, train the brain to say, it's okay, we can come down from that high alert um, thinking just to, you know, back to normal, back to baseline and things won't be, won't be as painful and you don't have to be as concerned. Yeah. I love that explanation. It's very true. Um, so we already discussed about, um, you know, the great collaboration, um, uh, between physiatrists and pelvic PTs. What are some, you know, general basic tips that you can give to, uh, people listening right now who do have pelvic pain just to start, improving the general quality of life, you know, until they can come in to work with an expert like you? You know, definitely one of the biggest things that I, that I would recommend for our listeners is to take their time in finding a practitioner with whom you can really connect with and form a partnership with. Um, it's a process. And so what, you know, it's, it's really important that you find the right fit um, and you find someone that, um, you know, can listen to you. So before you come and find someone like yourself or, or myself before they do, um, I would say just take your time in researching it. Um, and then don't be afraid to, uh, you know, go online and empower yourself about what these conditions may entail. I know that many practitioners and providers are sometimes a little bit wary with, um, you know, what can be found on, on, you know, online because of the massive information that can be there. And sometimes it's accurate and sometimes not as accurate. But I, I want to empower patients to to read, um, you know, as much as they can research, you know, uh, sometimes finding even, um, you know, forums or support groups, um, finding others who are going through the same thing as you are, um, can be super helpful and, and really therapeutic um, before coming in to get treated as well, just so that you know that you're not alone. Um, and you may get tips and tricks from other patients who've been going through the same thing for several years. Those are a couple of the things I would recommend. That's so true. I think knowing that other people are out there who experience similar symptoms and pain is so important. I've had women you know, come into me and they really didn't look for any kind of support online or anywhere else. Um, and you know, when I tell them you know, they're not alone, they say, wait a second, other people experience this? I'm not the only one? I say, yes, <laughs> you are right. definitely not alone. I mean, the tears just start flowing. Um, and they're just so relieved that they're not the only ones going through this. Um, yeah. And it, it makes such a difference to them. For okay, sure. so um, we're just getting about to that time that we're going to wrap things up. So I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. And let's tell everybody, Dr. Howell, how can people reach you? Absolutely. So I'm located in Englewood, New Jersey. Uh, that's part of Bergen County with easy access to Hudson and Rockland County as well. Um, you can go online and find me at www.pelvic rehabilitation.com. Um, click on the Englewood location and you can find me there. Okay, excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Howell. And thank you for being on the show. And everybody, thank you so much to tuning into this episode of Pelvic Matters. And remember to tune into the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me, Marina. Bye-bye.